0: Matt Smith here, all or nothing in real estate. I was recently asked to be a guest on the Young Guns podcast. Um, it was a huge privilege to share the podcast stage with um, a couple of other rock stars in the industry um, and a couple of other people that I really look up to. Uh, there's a ton of value there, so much so that we decided to repurpose it and share it with you. Can't wait for you to check it out. Hey
1: everybody, Steve Laviaga Rise Up! We're so excited about our Young Guns podcast. We have three new names for you who have been super successful in the real estate space, who maybe haven't been on stages and, and been recognized nationally yet. I say yet because they're heading that way fast. But they're three absolute rock stars, all from different worlds, different parts of the country, all got their own secret sauce. It's going to be fantastic to enjoy themselves. Kaylee, Colton, Matthew, how are you guys?
2: Good. Good, Steve. How are you doing? Doing great. Good to have me. you.
1: Absolutely. All right. Ladies first, Miss Taylor, who's definitely the rose amongst the thorns on this podcast. So, Taylor, thank you for coming on. Um, Can you give us an introduction of who you are, what you've kind of done, how you've gotten here, volume, et cetera?
3: Yeah, so um, I am working with Keller Williams Preferred in Columbia, South Carolina. I mainly focus on the military population near Fort Jackson and Shaw Air Force Base. I'm a military spouse, so I know the space pretty well. I started real estate in October of 2020. And since then, I have sold 87 houses. And in the last 12 months, my volume is right at 20 million. So I have been very social media heavy and very... um, heavy on creating my own sphere of influence in a new area. And it has been awesome.
1: So you've been fantastic. I'm looking at your thing. Now, you're very big on relational selling, which is nice. So I know it's not all military, but that's a bit of it. But walk us through kind of that mindset as you do it.
3: Um, So because I moved to the area right before I started my real estate career, I knew that in order to succeed in a real estate relationship type of business, I had to go out there and find and cultivate relationships Almost, it seemed like out of thin air. And so I really relied on social media to get out and meet people and network. And then I focus a lot on creating a solid, true personal relationship and amazing client experience with my clients so that they will go out and refer me out to as many people as possible. And then I rely very heavily on agent to agent referrals. And so that is all relationship as well creating relationships with other agents that serve the same types of people that I do so that they keep me top of mind.
1: I love that. Fantastic summer. We're going to get deeper into that of how some of our folks, I think that's a real missed boat these days is agent to agent referrals in the network, because it's, if you just, if you, to your point, if you can stay top of mind, give me something you think about, people do think about you. All right. Brother Colton, give me an intro
2: uh yeah so my name is colton whitney I actually started out in las vegas i hated las vegas yeah, with the yes passion you did. <laughs> and uh so i i came to california uh spent some time on the beach looked at my partner at the time and said i don't want to go home um and he laughed and i looked at him and i said hey i'm i'm serious i don't want to go home um so moved out here at orange county uh started the team and we, last year we did about 75 million this year we're on track to do over 200 um and i'm kind of an agent who really hates selling real estate i had a daughter when i was 16 years old um i didn't have a much of a choice i wanted to be an attorney had her when i was really young um so fortunately there's a legend out there frank napoli uh, who you know he was my dad's best friend got me into the business and uh god rest his soul i'm super grateful he did Um, But we've kind of focused on building the business that doesn't involve me in production um, just because it truly is not where my passion is. And my passion is being able to help our agents and help the team get into production, get into production quickly and scale.
1: Colton, uh, permission to be vulnerable and be honest rather than gentle a little bit. okay? I know Colton a little bit. We have a, a longer relationship. But you look at a young man now, handsome, killing it, heading to 200 million. He slept in his car for days at a time. When he was building what he was doing in Orange County, went through people like a sieve, wasn't sure how to do this, but he was always willing to learn. And he had no problem with, hey, Steve, I'm not ready yet, but what do I need to be doing? So when I get ready, who do I need to know? Who do I need to talk to? I love the fact that I know where you came from to where you are going. It's an absolute journey. I hope you get into that a little bit because how you look today makes it look easy. But you and I both know it was not your journey to where you are.
2: Um, Yeah, it definitely was a uh, I just didn't have any other choice. And it's funny because you kind of forget about all those things pushing the car home, uh, showering in a public uh, community shower because my power and water are off. Um, it, you forget about all of it. But like literally there was never a point in time where I was like, this sucks. This is where I'm stuck. It's like I know I know we're going in the right direction. I know for a fact this is going to work. We just had to start re- my the skill set that I had to lean into was learning how to build and scale a business because all of us as agents can do really, really well, like if we're good at selling real estate That's fine, but when we start trying to grow and scale a team, that's usually when the wheels start falling off and that skill set of being an exceptional leader that can retain talent, tra- tra- train talent, and then get them to be able to produce the same way that you do, handle scenarios the same way that you do, objection handled the same way that you do, get into production the same way that you do. Um, that was the skill set that we lacked. And we, when we, Dan Beer, Kyle Whistle, Mark Patterson, there's so endless amounts of mentors across the country who I just became a thorn in their side and just wanted to learn. Like, you'll always see me with a pad of paper and pen because I'm ready to learn from both these guys and from you. It's like there's always room for improvement. And when my ego got out of my way and figured out that we're not the best, we're never going to be. um, That's where our growth really, really started to take off.
1: It's going to be a fun story. Can't wait to get deeper in that. Matthew, give me an update, brother. Talk to me.
0: Yeah, so uh, I have a very similar story. I don't don't come from, uh, wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Uh, Got in the real estate business in uh, 2014 was my first full year. Um, I started a team in 2018. um, And as of last year, uh, we were ranked number one in our state of Missouri, according to real trends, and number eight in the nation for large teams. Uh, So we've grown very, very rapidly. Um, Going back to my very first year in real estate, I was a single agent. And similar to what Colton said is it just We can be productive, but there's so much more possible if you're able to help others. And what I realized is being able to help others, meaning I could help more agents, I could also help more clients. And so my first year in the business, I sold 74 homes as a single agent, Um, had an infinite home. Never, never saw her. Right. Uh, Because I was just busy hustling and decided to scale and um, use my knowledge, my work ethic to build a true business to, to help more people. And so that's where the team came from.
1: It's funny, isn't it, you guys? Um, it's that that transition from being a single agent killer practitioner where you control every experience, every message, every marketing, every client relationship you own to then that journey into what we call from operator to owner and what that looks like. That's that's the sauce. And in this journey, let's be honest, it's a bunch of shit like failure let's be honest we keep wanting to hire people like us then we realize that's not how this is done then we treat them like we want to be treated and that doesn't work either then we're like there's no good people out there whenever i hear that i go that generally means you're the common denominator and being a bad leader right so that journey we're going to talk a lot about that because this younger group it took us old guys about 20 years of doing it ourselves before we realized man if this is all it's going to be i never see my kids play my spouse is always like you know Quit giving me the Heisman when you walk in on the phone. Quit missing things when you're late. And you had to learn about, again, going from practitioner to business owner. So, Taylee, start back with you. I love this. It doesn't sound like to me you grew up in a real estate family. You weren't handed some legacy business. You're like, man, I got got moved to a place I didn't know a soul. And I had to create this, you know, which is an intimate sell real estate, this intimacy with the community. You mentioned social media a couple of times. Walk us through how you did that.
3: Yeah, so that's exactly what it was. Um, I was absolutely sure that my business would not be very fruitful because of the fact that I did not know anyone here besides my husband. But it actually, I feel like really worked for my advantage. I decided to dive in deep in Facebook, Instagram, every social media platform that I could connect with other military families on. I did that and I chose to constantly provide some sort of value. And then on the other hand, I was. What, thinking, what
1: would that Taylor, What would that be? What would you say? I, know, I get connecting. That's easy, right? Just find it. Yeah. What was the value you tried to provide? Walk me through
3: that. So my value was always kind of from the perspective of, I know exactly where you're coming from. I know what it's like to be in a new area. I know what it's like to PCS from another area and be kind of trying to figure it out. Let me help hold your hand and guide you through that. And then it wasn't always real estate related either. I really made an effort to create genuine relationships with people so that they trusted me and felt like, I was a friend to them and then they just wanted to use me. Um, And same on the other side with other agents. I tried to meet with agents as much as I could and share the common frustrations and struggles that we all go through and learn from each other so that they can see I work just as diligently as you do. You can trust me when you have people that are moving to the area. And that has really been a huge business maker for me, making sure that everybody sees the value that I can bring to them um, and connecting with people that walk the same walk and live the same life that we do as a military family.
1: I love that. And I think, I think, I mean, again, I've got military brides in my world, uh, five to seven, and I think it's a really underserved community. I was shocked about uh, it. These ladies, too, like, Oh, I have a friend who's great at doing websites. I have a friend who's amazing at da-da-da. We contract a lot out to that network because they don't really want to go into an office every day. They don't have that ability. They've got kids at home, and they've got to move every couple of years. But they're talented, and they want to contribute something to it. So you've obviously connected that way. What percentage of your deals are um, referred in by other agents? Like how many deals this year will you get, or the last 12 months, that have you done with other agents referring you people?
3: Gosh, probably 50%. No lie. It so 30, 35 to 40? Yes. Wow. A lot. A lot. And is that,
1: when you say, so is that just through, you create a, a social media private group or what do you do to kind of stay in front of them and stay top of mind?
3: Um, I joined every military real estate referral group that I could. And I purposely went out there and reached out to these people on a one-on-one basis. And got to know where they lived and what areas they serviced. And then I made a connection, whether it was, oh, yeah, we were stationed there. Or um, I just had a client that moved from there. Or we just visited there not too long ago. We started talking about the real estate market there. And I stayed in touch with them virtually on a regular basis. That way, when someone gets into a Facebook group and says, I need a real estate agent that services Fort Jackson, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you've got to talk to Taylor. That's who you need to talk to. And so by creating and sustaining the relationship, it just ensures that the referrals don't just happen once, they happen over and over and over again.
1: So, she, Here's a nugget for those people listening. She's learned not to ask a question. Her relationship does not yet justify. She gives first. Oh, we went there. I, I, we had, there's some great schools you should think about. Oh, here's a, here's a great grocer. Here's a great, you know, if you need help with the yard, here's a great landscaper. You would add value before you ask them to ever send you a deal. And so many young salespeople want to ask, ask, ask instead of give, 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 then ask. Right? Yep. Well done. Excellent. All right, Colton, coming to you now. Um, again, go out to Orange County. Frankie, who's one of the best humans in the world, great mentor. You're like, I'm going to do my own thing now. You're, he's like, all right, brother, go get him. And here you are. You don't know a single soul in Orange County. You're a Vegas boy. You're sleeping in your car, you're showering at local, you know, that it does. And you're trying to sell real estate, one of the highest end markets in the world in Newport. How do what you go banger. from that? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, great, great vision. How do you go from that to where you are today, trending to 175, 200 million?
2: Um, I just think that, again, there's- I have no other skill set. Like this was the one thing we did well in Vegas. Um, we were selling a lot of houses in Vegas. I started doing this when I was 18 years old. Um, uh, 32 now. And I just what am I gonna do? It's like there's there's no other option, there's no other path I can go down, there's no other skill set that I'm tremendous at. Like this is the one thing. And I know it, it was one uh, total reality check and it was a total humbler's. We were selling a ton of houses in Vegas but it, that brand had already been around. Frank Napoli Sr. was already a name that brought in business and we were just handed those leads. Um, and then of course, when Frankie and I started taking over the business after we lost Frank, we learned a lot. We learned what it was like to be in his shoes. We understood his frustrations a lot more. Um, but then we were selling a ton of houses and granted we were selling seventy-five, hundred twenty thousand dollars dollars homes at that point. So the unit count didn't translate to a whole lot of money. And I was looking at California, I was like, dang, look at those guys' sales prices. We can just go do that there. And what I didn't realize is we have 68,000 agents. So for every seven (laughs) people, there's one agent. And it's like, everybody always wants to know, like, why do these high-end markets have such a challenging time doing the units? And then you got guys like Kyle and Dan and Mark in San Diego who are doing eight, 900. So I was like, I know for a fact it's possible. Like, look at these guys are doing it. We just got to figure out the scale. So, like I said, uh, 2020 is really, really when I started loathing being in production. Um, uh, I think Matt here just men- mentioned he had a, an infinite home. It's like I had my daughter when I was really young. She, I worked my ass off for a really, really long time and always tried to be as present of a father as I could. Single, had her time with, my time with her, um, you know, which was 50%. And it's like we would try to be there for, for her as much as I could but the business is really demanding. And it got to a point where I was just miserable and I knew I wasn't being there for her nearly enough. And um, there's a lot of different models. And I, I like to preface, cause you hear like Matt's absolutely crushing it, Tally's crushing it. There's a million different ways to crush this. And then you see agents talking about, well, look at their scale and look how much volume there's like, you can do it with really small teams utilizing showing partner models. You can do it by building out a team. You just gotta figure out which model you wanna build. Um, we did both. Well, yeah, we did both. And um, the, I'll never forget the day I implemented the showing partner model. And my showing partners they only do my personal production, uh, my past clients. And the reason I like to stay involved with it is I enjoy the heavy lifting of it. The conversation, the negotiation, it keeps me very on point with the information that I'm training my agents on. And then, well, then what
1: this I do- is this is- Let's get into this because this is important what you said, Colton. I think it's a real important skill set. A these guys would be like, oh, I'm out of production and I don't have anything to do with it. Very few of those guys run it well by remote control. You can be out of production completely, but you better have a touch to the client. So by negotiating, by being in that fight, you hear what all of a sudden thought tracks that used to work don't work anymore. You feel market shifts and market of the moment movement. So that's a brilliant thing. And I want to tell everybody out there, when you say you're out of production, that's great. But I would find a way to make sure you touch the consumer a couple times a week just to make sure what you think is happening is actually happening. Keep going.
2: Well done. Yeah. Well done. Um, and what Tally said earlier, it's like the what I didn't anticipate. Frank Senior always taught us. He says, if you, if you help enough people get what they want, you will never have a problem getting what you want. And unfortunately, it took me a lot more time to realize that. But we always d- dumped and poured into the real estate community and helped them with what we were learning and how we were growing. And what I completely underestimated is we were making those contributions and making those value adds to the people in the agent community. All of a sudden we started getting a ton of agent referrals. So helping that people get what they want, you always get what you want. So from when we were in all these masterminds, so it's like, all right, I have all this business. This is how we're going to be able to keep in the production so i built my micro team on it um so i have a micro team within my team and each of my top producers has a micro team because we can scale ex- the
1: explain explain micro team that's good explain
2: yeah because it. we can scale into a hundred agents but the reality of it is if i give matt 10 leads that are going to transact matt as a phenomenal a plus agent will probably convert at least eight of them but then i get Colton, who's a brand new agent who comes into my office and we can train them as much as we want. We know until they go through the repetitions, they're not going to be a converter. They got to go through the chapters that are going to get them to Matt's level. So I give those 10 leads to me, who's a brand new agent. And if I'm lucky, what Matt would have done eight of, the new agent might do two, maybe three of. And those are just the numbers with conversion and skill set and experience and repetitions. So instead of doing that, we all know that our skill set's not going out and opening doors. Our skill set is being able to articulate our way through a negotiation. Our skill set's being able to negotiate with other agents and talk, other clients up, talk our clients off the ledge. That's where we really bring in value. So the showing partner model allows a new agent to come in, shadow a talk producer, which for me was the best thing that ever happened. Being able to watch Frank Napoli Sr. and Frank Napoli Jr., how they spoke to clients, how they handled themselves, how they built business, That made me gain traction and shorten my runway to take off substantially faster than anything else I could have done. So now we're putting a new brand new agent shadowing underneath a mat or a tally and they get to listen and learn they're a part of every phone call they're on a group thread with the client the agent is the nurse of the organization when you see your doctor your doctor doesn't check you in your doctor doesn't take the payment at the end they don't come in and take your your temperature they come in they look at all the charts they look at all the information that was given by the other people part of the process and the doctor does the heavy lifting they handle the prescribing they handle the uh, diagnosis they're the ones that handle and that's why you use them but you don't get mad when all of a sudden your nurse you don't get mad when your doctor's not taking your at uh, your temperature. And that's where agents completely get off. Like my clients would never do this. They want to deal with me. And I would challenge that mindset because I'm telling you it's wrong. Um,
1: well, and- I'll just say this. You're exactly right. And people can say what they want. You cannot build a big business with you being the sole focal point. It just yeah. doesn't work any other way. And then what all of you have mentioned is kids, spouse, et cetera. I played pro basketball, and I always said this. There's only so many jumps in your legs before you go. That's it. I can't do it anymore. There's only so long before you want to get in a car with a buyer, before you want to hear another excuse. When Matt got tired of not seeing his infant child, he went, enough of this. I'm building it. And we all have it come to it at different times. And Colton, you're 100% right. For you, you're like, I learned I don't have to do the things that aren't important. And my guess is you have a great golden handoff, don't you, to tell your client who's going to be dealing with you at what stage and why they're better at it than you are.
2: It's the, it, the, the handoff is one of the most critical points because you can have the best receiver in the world, but unless that quarterback can get it into their hands, it just doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, we we've, I had somebody challenge my mindset on it. It really, really worked very, very well keeps me in c- contact with it. And the first time uh, on a Saturday, I've never not shown, like there's times I was showing 16 clients in a day. And it was just insane. And my daughter said, I wanna go hiking. So we go hiking and then we're done. I said, well, what do you wanna do? She's like, what do you want for dinner? And I realized she's already conditioned to know she doesn't get the rest of the day, day with dad. I, she just got her minute. And now I'm gonna get home after I'm done with clients. I said, no, sweetie, we can go out we, What do you wanna do? I said, I don't have clients today. And she kind of looked and she smiled. She's like, let's go to the pool. Went to the pool she reached over she grabbed my hand and after just spending all day together and having fun and she's like dad i just want to tell you how much i appreciate you taking this time and i was like dude how much have i failed that my daughter appreciates a day together Um, saturday a
1: saturday together
2: yeah a saturday and that's what we all do like i'm not telling a story that we're all not familiar with we allowed the business to run us and it was at that moment I was like i'm done I'm going to run the business. I am going to learn to delegate. I'm going to learn to transfer my skill set to other agents. And we're going to build other people. And we're going to build our business and make my success 100% dependent on the success of others. So I never went out and showed another home from that day. Um, Tony Robbins says, burn your boats. So I knew if I stayed in production, I couldn't give my undevoted attention to build this business. I couldn't give my agency attention that they deserved, and we wouldn't be able to scale it successfully. So I burned my boats, never showed another house, built out the showing partner model. At the same time, our growth dictated that we continue to grow the standard team model as well. But we're trying. We're And again, there's lots of mistakes throughout all this. However, now that my my director of sales who's been with me for eight years, He now has a newborn child and another one on the way. And now he has a showing partner. So now we're giving a career path to these people. Like I've heard 30 to 40% when we're growing at the rate that we're growing of attrition is standard. And that to me is pathetic. Um, we've, the only two people we've lost in this growth are people who said real estate's not my thing and they just quit real estate. Um, we haven't lost anybody. And I do believe that we, while we go wide, we have to go deep and you'll be able to go deep by being able to provide value to our agents and by being able to give them a career path that's gonna buy them their time, buy them their happiness, buy them their balance. Because we provide the leads, we provide the systems, we provide the training. They just want their life back. Most people aren't geared the way we are geared.
1: Fantastic. So many nuggets in that. Well done. Maddie, talk to me about the journey. So you are got an infant child. You're like, okay, this isn't going to work anymore. Now you got to go from operator to owner. Walk us through that journey.
0: Yeah, so uh, again, uh, not to piggyback too much, but very similar to Colton. Um, I relate to that story so much is uh, um, whenever – Whenever you don't you don't get to see your daughter. Only time you get to see your daughter for a year is when she's in bed. There's a problem, um, and she lived with me full time. And so um, I, I just decided to make a, a choice and made the change. And it was to uh, what kind of business owner would I be? How how can I be good to my clients if I can't be good to my family? right and so i just re reorganize my priorities and um and another tip on that let's fast forward a few years is when my daughter got old enough to actually understand what work was and all of that um, here's a tip for parents that are real estate agents out there is have the honest conversation with your kids about why you're going to work what that means what the effect on your community what the effect on your family is um, I, I, I learned this the hard way is my daughter said, would beg me, daddy, please don't go to work. Like, can you, how do you go to work and have a good day whenever your kid is dragging you by your feet? Um, and so it was a light bulb of I'm working too much, number one. And number two, she doesn't understand why I'm going to work. And so we still, to this day, probably monthly with, I have two girls now, um, I have conversations. Daddy doesn't have a job. Daddy's leaving to go help people. I'm going to go help people change their lives. That's the motto of what we do on our team, whether that's an agent on my team, whether that's a transaction coordinator, whether that's one of our clients, um, that's what we focus on doing. So we focus on changing lives on a daily basis. We just happen to do that through the vehicle of real estate. And if you can have that conversation and with your kids, they will support you when you're going to work versus not wanting you to go to work. I mean, I don't want my kids to have a a negative connotation on work. One of the reasons I'm at where I'm at is because of my work ethic. And I want to pass that along to them, um, but I want that to be in a good way, not in a bad way. And so um, there's a lot of lessons to break down there. Um, I also think um, Colton said something else that stuck out to me is a lot of people want to have more money, but I would challenge anybody that's a, a top producer people that are, are very successful in whatever that word means to them, because success is the journey for everybody. Um, if you ask them and you truly do ask them correctly, what is more important to you, time or money? Every single top producer I've ever met, time is way more valuable.
1: And so, 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 Maddie, I love this. Let's play this a little bit. See, when we start off, we have a ton of time and no money. So what do we do? We just trade it, right? Now you guys, two, three, four, five, seven years in. Now you've got way more money than you have time, and time is the only thing all of us in the world have the same equal amount of. So it's how you use it. So the journey in this is you're to a stage now where you'd you'd look what you pay for now that you would have never paid for seven years ago, six years ago. It's crazy. I, I have this conversation with my wife and my children every week. I go. Dad, why do you have someone that goes and I go, because that dad can pay that person $27 an hour or dad has to do it. Yep. And I know what I make an hour, if you buy it, take 2000, take 2000, which are your hours, divide your W-2 wage by it, that's what you make an hour. Everything you do below that means you're stealing from yourself.
0: Yeah, well, I remember my first year in real estate when I sold 74 homes as a single agent, I paid more money in taxes that year than I ever made in my life.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like that was the transition for me. And so um, don't get me wrong. I love money. I can do a lot of good with a lot of money and I want more of it. I don't think money's evil. Money is a magnifying glass that allows you to do more of what you are. And if you're a good person, you can do more good. Um, but I so the time versus money, here's here's a, a quick story on that. I'll ask people, if, I, if you woke up tomorrow morning, Steve, if you woke up tomorrow morning, I gave you a million dollars, nothing could ruin your day. You'd wake up and you'd have a fantastic day. You'd be like, man, this is a good day. You know what? Let's make that 10 million. It'd be one of the best days of your life. You woke up and you had $10 million sitting there. What if I told you the only way you could take that is if you could not wake up the, the next day? There's no way in the world you would take that. So 10, oh, that 10 million tomorrow is not worth more than $10 million. So quit focusing on the money. There's way more to life. And if you can leverage people, you can actually help people and change their lives and help them discover this. Also, there's way more to this business than just making money.
1: I love this. And look, this is what's so great. I think this is true, young people. And you guys tell me because you're all much younger than I am. I think the work-life balance, which in my generation, no one gave a shit. Like my dad, my dad was like, my dad's coming home. Everybody be quiet. He's got to sit there, you know. Think of Frank Napoli Sr., right? You guys, this group today coming up, our younger people tell you up front, hey, I, I don't want this to be what defines me. I want to have a life outside of this. And I think some of our more seasoned recruiters have had to learn that they can't just go, hey, man, you're going to grind, make a ton of dough. They didn't care. That doesn't appeal to some of our young people. Or Matt, what are your thoughts on that? We'll work back up this way.
0: Yeah. So like so I just wrote down this quote as you were talking is I say this all the time is my goal is to build a life. I don't need a vacation from. So. I think work-life balance is bullshit. I think it doesn't exist. You have one life and work is a part of it. So you might as well do something that you enjoy. You better have passion in your heart about what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to go to work and be miserable. And you're going to bring that stuff home to your family, whether you realize it or not. And so thats I don't think work-life balance exists. It's just one life. So find something you're passionate about, something that actually is going to move the needle forward in a positive way for you, your family, your community. And through for me, that's been real estate. I've been able to do that. So I, I just think that there's a lot of times where you have to grind in this business. Don't get me wrong, but make sure you have a good purpose in your heart. One of the fortunate things to help me in my journey. I mean, we sold 700 over 750 homes last year. We're going to do well over 800 this year. And in my journey, I, I, I was so fortunate to have so many mishaps. I fail fast and I fail often. Um, and there was so many different leaders or mentors over the years that I was able to take good nuggets from, but also bad nuggets of what I didn't want to do. And it, it made me focus on the right things. Like so it's if if you take anything from me today, take the advice of really understand your purpose and your why you're doing this. Who are you doing it for? And what are you doing it for? Because we are privileged in this business to be able to help people with the biggest purchase or sale of their life every single day. And if you actually wear that weight on your shoulders and realize that you can actually change lives and help people with what you do every day, you will do it differently.
1: So good. Taylor, what are you seeing? Are you are you starting to add people to your team? Are you starting to see that how you because you're doing a lot of homes for just you and you got you got probably maybe babies at home. Do you have obviously a hubby? What's it look like? What's the world?
3: Yeah. So my perspective and experience was a little bit different than these guys. Um, When I I actually found out that I was pregnant on the day that I passed my real estate exam. So (laughs) it has been me and baby every day. I knew that my life was about to change in a lot of different ways. With my husband being in the army, it was long days for him. And so for the first year of my career, I took my daughter with me everywhere. And I remember having someone tell me that it's so unprofessional. You should not take your kid with you. And I just thought, I have no other option. You know, we are not in an area that we know a lot of people. I didn't want to just drop my kid off somewhere. So for the first year of her life, she was with me at showings, at closings, buyer consultations. I remember being on a Zoom and her yanking my hair. And I was so (laughs) embarrassed. And it just was what it was. But I think it really contributed to... The fact that people relate to me as a mom and as a wife, and um, I think it was just more of this authenticity factor that I was able to bring. And then finally, I was able to, one, afford and two feel like it was necessary to have some sort of child care. So now I do have help with that. And it has totally changed my family's life. My goal was to make as much money as my husband did. And then I blew him out of the water. And now he's. Yes, from active duty military to the reserves and he's going to join forces with me. Um, And that is super exciting for us. I did a lot of leverage this year as well. I have a transaction coordinator and a showing partner, and that has dramatically increased the level of business that I'm able to do. I just remember last year in December, someone saying, Hey, I'm looking for a real estate agent. And I said, please don't, please don't ask me to do it. Please don't recommend me (laughs) because I feel so burnt out and just incapable of adding anyone else to my workload. And now I feel like I could take on the world if I really wanted to, because of the leverage that I've allowed myself to have in my business.
1: This is so important because now you're on your journey, right? To owner, you're like in that middle, messy middle, but it's going to grow fast for you because you just are an attractor. I mean, I, as soon as you started talking, Colton said it like you're just attracted to you. You want to know about you, you want to understand what you do and how you do it. And that's why Colton, Taylor, and Maddie gave a good nugget here to everybody listening. Very understood. Setting the expectation up front of who you are and how you're going to do what you do. The same amount of people are going to like it and not like it. No one gives a shit about that. But if you set the expectation, you attract people that want to be part of who and what you're doing. As many that one person that said that so professionally about your child. My guess is nine out of the other ten were like, oh, and you. I know that, Joe. You, know, you had to. You have no help. You're brand new here. You just got it, man. I want to help this human. So. Put out there up front what your expectations are. We used to sit our children down and pick our vacations for the year. We would go travel so five to six weeks a year. And I would say, now daddy's got to go pay for that every day so we can go to Hawaii together for seven days. Now, you like to ride horses on the beach, baby. We're going, but I got to go make it. There's no free ride here. This is what's got to happen. So when they'd go to work, they'd say things like, dad, we're going to go horses. Like, go, absolutely. I'm going to take care of those horses. See you on Friday because I traveled, I was gone two, three days at a time. So for all of you out there, set the expectation you want for who you want to attract to your business and then who you want to recruit into your business, both matter, Taylor, that's brilliant. All right, Colton, walk me through kind of like now, you know, it's not everybody's you, right? You were a grinder, you were a killer, you were brought up kind of old school. A lot of the folks on your team, I know, It's that balancing act, and Maddie said it. There is no balanced life. That's bullshit. Some weeks, home wins. Some weeks, you better have work win. The key is to balance it up a little bit so it doesn't get like that too long, or we go through divorce. We're not not good parents. A lot of bad stuff happens if you don't balancing act that up. Walk me through what you do.
2: Yeah. So I, I always like to clarify, too, because I remember when I used to watch these things, I'm like, man, these guys, they've got everything on point. They've got everything together. Look at what they've we are a damn dumpster fire. Like this thing is <laughs> broken 24 seven. Everything we implement breaks every time we think we got our shit together. We realize we don't like it, the minute that I feel any smooth sailing. I swear to you, I can't.
1: You, you get nervous because you're like, oh, something's not right. I'm like
2: the the atomic bomb is about to drop on this thing. because I've never felt this peace before and I know it's not gonna last. But like for me, I enjoyed that. That is I for whatever reason, this balance Buddha bullshit that people put out there, like it yes, you want balance. Yes, I'm finally getting it back. But if you most people look at my life, they are not gonna say that this is balanced. But for me, this is way more balanced than I've ever had. I can go on a vacation for two weeks, which I've never done, and I can come back and my business will be better not maintained or worse, which is what I used to panic on. But it takes a lot of time. And the one thing I want to point out, because again, you watch these things, you're like, oh, these guys got everything together. No, we don't. Things are break- breaking. We're just really quick. We're an airplane that's flying and we fix it while we are flying. And it's that whole thing of it's got to be perfect and I'm not going to launch it. The best thing I learned is launch version one. It can be imperfect. It can be sloppy. It can look like crap. But I'm going to launch it and then I'm going to make version two and then I'm going to make version three and by the time I get to version 10, you're finally going to be launching your version of perfect and I got news for you it's not perfect. Um, the same reason we see such talent, sorry, same reason we oh, see such so tal- talented agencies these days like. I always tell my my team, I'm like, I will take a hardworking dummy over a lazy genius every day of the week. I don't care what you know, I don't care what it is. If you don't have the work ethic and the ability to be disciplined and consistent, and string that consistency together for 180 plus days, you're screwed. You're completely screwed, and it's why we see such talented people fall out of the business because they're doing the repetitions, they don't see the results, so they stop doing the things that they know are working. You're trying to lose weight. You hop on the treadmill. You go home three days later and you don't look any different. You don't stop running on the treadmill. You know you're doing something that is going to get you that result. So you continue doing it, knowing that it'll eventually appear and it does. So like Tally, you are about to go through hell. But on the other side of it is going to be the best, most fulfilling thing you have ever done. Like I'm so excited for this journey you're about to embark on because there were so many times and Matt, I'm sure you can agree and Steve with everything that you built. I know you can agree. Like we've gotten to that point where we're like, Shh, this just isn't gonna work. And then you got to remind yourself, yes, it is. I just am not seeing it yet. Like there were times where I told Kyle and Dan, I was like, guys, I don't think a big team's for us. And Dan told me, and they both thankfully I had people that could get me back on track. They shut up, do exactly what you're doing because this is gonna work. um
1: Well, that that part of it, you guys all had it right. It's that messy middle, isn't it? Where you you hire four agents and three quit in one weekend, you're like, why do I do this? Now, when you have 24 agents and three quit, you don't even think about it. You just go recruit more talent, right? So, you got to, when you're going through the messy middle, go to, I want to give HCF, HCF for those of you listening. H, handle the hard, because it's all hard. It's fun. C, comfort in chaos, get used to it, invite chaos. It was so good what you said colton done is better than perfect every time and then lastly and all three of these people again beautiful smart successful they all failed forward faster and more often than anybody else hence why they're on this call fail yeah. forward fast it does yeah. not it, all that matters is that you get up it really does not matter version two it doesn't matter as long as you learn a little bit and go forward i guarantee you your first showing assistant Taylor probably isn't going to be perfect, right? The person you hire when you're doing 40 deals might not be the same human you're going to need doing 200 deals. These are all things we learn as we go. We don't get emotional about it. We just keep learning. So I love this. All right, now we're going to go to mark of the moment, all three of you. We're going to go with Colton and go back around the horn. Mark of the moment, give me two tactics you're doing right now to generate business today. And that business might be recruiting more talent or it might be getting listings or it might be moving to the buy side because you guys know People are like, oh, the market's totally changed. No, it hasn't. Listen, we were in a total seller's market. Now we're in a declining seller's market, still a seller's market, but it's declining. Now, we may get to where it becomes a normal market, which will feel like the biggest buyer's market ever after the four years we've had. So give me two tactics of today you guys are doing. Colton, start with you.
2: Um, So we're not doing anything different. I I can tell you this. like I knew for a fact 100% of our growth would come from us converting half the leads that we are failing to convert today like it, we didn't need more leads we don't need more sphere we don't need more anything we just had to become wit- like when all that was happening we didn't have the bandwidth to really pay attention to the people it's like if you weren't ready able and capable of buying today with terms that are going to win like we got to put you we got to put you on the back burner because we got to focus on people who have the ability today and honestly, I hated it because that was a market to where it's like, I know we can get these people here, but we simply don't have the bandwidth to get them there. Um, so the two things for us is just really focusing on the topical stuff that's going to help people win more business today and pick up the opportunities that our competition is dropping. And it's like when when everything hit, and I can show you our, our Sisu, like when the interest rates skyrocketed in March, our average buyer in our market lost $500,000 of buying power. So if you don't, if you think that didn't dramatically affect our market, it certainly did. And everybody, when all that dust went in the air, was, oh, my God, I'm putting my hand, plans on hold. The whole world's about to fall apart. Now, we know with what we know that the market wasn't going to tank, that it was built on a solid foundation. And where agents were failing and are still failing today is right. when you get that person who's like, no, nope, I'm on hold. How are you pivoting in that conversation to get to the people who really do want to get off the fence? They just need a hand to grab on the way down. And so, go go ahead. Your knowledge and
1: advice, Colton, that right there is what they pay you for. So many of our agents run into the fear, oh yeah, okay, that's fine. Instead of saying, this is not 2008. This is not the case. Home prices are not diving off a cliff. We're still in a seller's market, although declining. Then they calm down you give them data and the data is the new dollar. You would just give them data, wouldn't you? You'd take
2: analytics and you'd show them why you were right. And the problem is, because yes, that's 100% what it is. But when you get a lead that comes in and they say, hey, I'm fearful. Like, we've all got kids. You've got spouses, whatever you have. It was, Steve, you're married, right? Are you married? Absolutely. Uh, years. So she She's mad at you. She's angry. She's livid. You did something to screw. You. She's scared, whatever it is. And you say, sweetie, you're being completely illogical. You just got to calm down. Like, we know that doesn't work.
1: Yeah, that doesn't work.
2: It doesn't work well. When my daughter's upset, I can't tell her how wrong she is and that I'm right. And just to chill, because what she's worried about isn't a concern. You need to let people feel what they feel. People have a reason to be fearful of the market. You just have to be skilled in your approach. And it's more psychology than it is sales and say, Steve, I completely understand your fear in the market. Let me ask you, what had you looking in homes at the first place? And then they go into it and they're like, well, we needed more space dah, 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 dah. and we can work through and say, OK, fantastic. If I were able to find you that perfect opportunity and it checked those boxes, would you want to take a look at that or would you miss out on that opportunity? Like, "Nope, so I'm fearful. I'm scared. Dah, 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 dah. And so most people, after we go through the objections, it's like the minute you give me, I'm scared, interest rates, affordability. And I go, Steve, look, you're wrong. The market's not gonna tank, interest rates aren't a problem, affordability is not the issue. They don't know you, like you, or trust you, and you're asking questions, and I wrote it down from you, don't ask a question that your relationship doesn't justify. So when we pivot and we don't start there, what had you looking in the first place? And we start connecting with these people, finding what they're running from, what they're running towards. And now we have the opportunity to talk about the kids and the dog and the bigger lot that they needed and the more square footage and that they got the kid pulling on their hair in the Zoom. Now we're connecting, we're laughing, we're having a conversation. And then it's more appropriate of a time after tensions have been calmed for us to be able to hit them like, hey, Steve, I completely understand where you're coming from. If I were able to show you some data from economists that overwhelmingly show you that people, uh, the direction of the market, is that something that you would find valuable in your home search? And if they still say no, you give them all the facts, you give them all the data, they still say no, agents are clicking off of them and saying, well, trash them, they're not interested. They have a reason to be fearful. So instead what we've implemented is Steve, I totally get it. I understand there's a lot of dust in the air. As that dust starts to settle and you become more confident in the direction of the market, would you consider revisiting your home search? And that right there will get you 70 yeses that where ultimately you would have trashed these leads.
1: You just gave people a thought track that if they're relisting this, why not back 45 seconds, write it down and make that the second question you ask everybody. Colton just gave us one of the oldest things in the world. No one cares what you know until they know that you care. No one cares what you know until they know that you care. And once he does that, even as a young, aggressive sales guy, he's learned until he built rapport, he can't move that person anywhere. And you don't want to move them anywhere. You want them to understand, I do need more space still. I do need a home office. I do need these things. And okay, if you find the perfect thing, yeah, I'd look at it. Now, that's a tough one to say no to, I love that. Anything else before I jump to Taylor?
2: Yeah, so the last part on it, the people who say yes, now this is where where we have completely separated and why we had the biggest August that we've ever had is because all those people who said yes, they were fearful, we tagged them as scared. And then once a month on our call night, we stopped doing anything else because it didn't matter, we needed to get the people in our database into a transaction. And then we found data that was going to be helpful. We had to give it to our agents because you can't trust them to do it on their own. Give them the templates, give them the script, everything that they're going to do. And on call night, click your, click your scared people. Give them a call, Steve. We spoke a month back. I know we've still got our plans on hold. I just found an article that would be really that I think you would find really valuable. I'm going to go ahead and send that over to you. If you have any questions, please let me know. You're making a deposit that isn't. Hey, Steve, how's your home search going? Like it doesn't work.
1: Hey, know anybody who wants a buy-seller list?
2: Yeah. yeah, the shit just doesn't work. So provide value and do not ever just, how's your home search going? Give them a deposit that is going to help them be less fearful and allow that dust to settle.
1: Another thing Colton gave us was a nugget. We don't need more leads. We need better conversion. Yeah. No one needs, no realtor needs more leads. As I said, they need to become better at converting what they're already engaged with so that when you do get better at that, then you get more leads, you can get you can help more people. Taylor, yeah. two things you're working on right now that are working in your market.
3: So for me, I think that um, because I live in a military center town, there's always people moving and going, you know, it doesn't matter what the market is like, people need housing, people are PCSing, even if the market crashed the army is still going to send you where they need you to go and you're still going to need somewhere to stay. So what I've learned in my business is that The market is going to be what the market is going to be, but you can control how your business adapts to the market. So I have been focusing really, really hard and heavy on creating systems that work for my business that provide the consistency that my business needs to grow through any sort of market shifts. And then also loving on the sphere of influence that I have created here so that they continue to recommend and refer me to everyone that they can. Um, I think that for me, as someone who doesn't have a big team, as someone who is kind of in this middle stage, what's really important is just sustaining the business that I have, growing, and then creating the correct systems that I need to handle the growth that I'm inevitably going to see if I continue to do the things that I've been doing.
1: You you are... Um... You are the future of what this thing becomes, because I need you to build this, because then there's going to be young people who will see it is doable. And Taylor, in your mind, as you lay out this thing, think about where you're going, not where you are, where you are is irrelevant, right? Where you're going. When you said love on your sphere, give me two things you do to do that. Is it a video every month from you? Is it is it about property? Is it about military? Give me two tactics you do to get into your sphere that helps you engage and keep you top of mind.
3: I'm a really big fan of client events. I just recently had one and it resulted in one of my past clients getting on the Fort Jackson Spouses Group and writing two paragraphs about how I was the best real estate agent in the world and that anybody who moves here has to use me. Things like that are invaluable. It is better than anything anybody else can do because now when somebody goes in and searches Realtor, or I'm PCSing, or whatever, those posts pop up and they see my name time after time after time. And then I just really like to create sustained, authentic relationships. I'm the real estate agent that is going to call you randomly on a Thursday and say, I was just thinking about you, how, how are you doing? I'm the real estate agent that if I know I have a showing in your neighborhood, I'll stop and grab a Starbucks card and drop it off on your front porch. Or I will go into my Starbucks app and buy a $100 gift card, take the code and text it out to all of my clients in my database and say, hey, coffee on me today. So little things like that, I try to really invest my money back into the people who make money for me.
1: The Starbucks card is absolute money. And that means that the first people that do it, when the 100 done, it's done, right? So whoever pays attention and does it gets the drink. Oh, I like that. That's teaching them to actually care what I send them to. I love that. I just love right, that. Brother. 100%. <laughs> Maddie, give me the two things you're doing right now that are helping your team go from your seven to over 800 now in closing.
0: Yeah. Um, if you don't mind, can I go back to the messy middle real quick? Sure, please. Yes. Sir. I want to give advice to Tally and anybody else. Um, I, so I have a privilege of being a real estate coach as well. And one of the messy middle is the hardest transition in the business. And so Tally, this is for you and anybody else that is in that messy middle. This is my belief system. First and foremost, culture over sales. You can teach anybody how to sell. But what are they actually depositing into your culture into your company into your clients into what you built before they get that withdrawal i look at it as like a bank you have to deposit before you can take money out otherwise you're stealing don't let people steal from you build that solid foundation of a culture and invite them in and they need to participate in that culture and the, the culture is a living breathing thing it's getting better or worse every single day and so if if you have um, one of the things, too, is how you're going to have to go on recruiting if you're in this messy middle to get yourself out of production. And I would just recruiting is a very important part of any real estate business. But make sure you're recruiting the right people. Don't just get in people just to get them in. Make sure they fit your culture. Make sure they understand why that's important. They follow your core values. They understand your mission and how you, how you onboard them is how you're gonna offboard them. So just be careful with splits and different things as you're setting this up because there's way more to this business than just a good split. Um, so anybody that's in that messy middle, that's kind of uh, my quick advice. Also, she kind of hit on it too, is systems and processes. It overwhelms most real estate agents. They're not good at that. It's not a strength of a single agent that has been productive and now they wanna move into being a business owner. Myself, I, systems and processes is not my strength right? Most people that are productive in real estate, that's not their strength. So start somewhere, write down what you do, keep it in Google Drive. If you don't have anything better and just keep evolving as you go, but you need a system and a process that's duplicatable and scalable to get yourself out of that middle. Otherwise you're still the
1: hamster in the wheel. Right. let right. Let's, let's give these guys a tactic here. Here's what you do. Cause people, I, Matt's exactly right. People get into real estate because they're great at salespeople. They love people. Now here's all you have to do to create your system, video yourself, going to a listing presentation. The whole thing. Take the video, hire a VA, hire a cyber backer, whoever, and say, take this video and create a Word doc of everything that was said and what it was. Then you take that video and that Word doc and you say, listing presentation, that goes into your content library. So now when you hire someone, you go, here's how we do it. And then they can watch and read that. And then they come back and then you can, because they watch, read that and they go, oh my God, Taylor, I could never do that. Matt, that's not me. You say, well, now you know, great but you can do it without having to be a document genius or a spreadsheet guru right matt you can do it well what matt's saying though is you better get it down in some kind of content library so people can view it keep going matt
2: yeah so um and then
0: just the third thing on on growing a team especially in the middle is creating an environment it goes back to the culture creating an environment of accountability so average people run away from accountability champions seek accountability I want people that want to be held accountable. If they're not accountable and don't accept responsibility for their actions or inactions, I can't help them. And so um, I just think that that is a huge piece that a lot of people miss when they're in the middle um, is they just, well, I need people. I need people. Is it easier to train somebody that's wrong or find the right person? I, I would rather take time, hire slow so that I hire the right people. Now, you don't know who's going to be productive, right? You just can create the environment for them to be productive. But um, just take your time and hire the right people around the right culture. I think that's a big, big part of the process.
1: Well um, said so so as a coach. All right, two tactics.
0: Yep, going to the shift. Um, it's simple. I'm a simple guy. It's two things, action and skill building. That's it. What actions are you taking on a daily basis? Because you, I, I have a saying, control the controllables. I can't control what the market does. I can't control interest rates. I can't control inventory, but I can control the action I take around it. Tally said something very similar. She doesn't let the market dictate her business. She just adjusts as she goes because she's controlling what she can control. And so we talk about I talked about this a year ago when I saw this coming. Is what action are you taking on a daily basis? Because you cannot you cannot win if you you cannot win the year win, win the year if you don't win the day. It starts with what you do today. And if you don't measure
1: eliminates apprentice action eliminates fear yes you want to be less scared action eliminates fear i
2: love that that's
1: awesome
0: and the second part is skill building so that's a two-part thing you have to have a training but you also have to build skill on the train You, you build that skill by taking action because that's where action is built um so colton had an analogy of the plane um just a lot of all just for transparency my business is a dumpster fire every day Right, so you may think I haven't figured it out. I don't either. Um, it's but what Colton said. I like his analogy. Too many people are the airplane, and which is the real estate team. They're they're waiting for it to get to the runway to fix it. Fix it in midair because too many people. Once you land, they don't get back off the runway. Done is better than perfect. Action always wins. You will figure it out figure it out as you go. So work on building those skills. Part of that too is educating your clients. So go action skill building. And I I think a third one would be education, but that kind of ties into skills because Colton had a great role play session there with how you work clients through that. But you need to be the education source for your clients. You don't let them believe their neighbor, believe mainstream media that is just selling clickbait, right? You need to be the true news source that helps them through their journey and meet them where they are. And you can do that through education. Um, a, a quick tip that I do to educate my clients is I will record a video about what's going on in the market. You guys, if you're an agent listening and you don't subscribe to Keeping Current Matters, you are missing the boat. Super affordable, great content. Subscribe there, find an infographic, a blog they did, create a video on it, text it to your database. You're the value. You are providing value based on your current stats and your current market. It's a huge, huge trick to add that value so you're not calling them all the time saying, hey, are you still interested in buying? No, I want to deposit in that business relationship account.
1: So many good nuggets. And remember this, if you don't, you can never outsource as the leader I don't care how big you get, culture, accountability, and being the thought leader. Because when this market moves, if you were saying the same things you were saying four months ago, you look stupid. Yep. Those three things you have to own, right? No matter how big your company ever gets. All right, we're going to go back kind of around how the horn, how we started 30, 60 seconds on, um, uh, this is for our younger folks out there, right? Who may be feeling overwhelmed. Now they're going into it. Most guys that have been doing this in gals your age, haven't ever seen it even move down. It's been 10 years of this. So give me one piece of advice. So that five years now they look back and they go, man, Taylor, that was such a great piece of advice you gave me that really helped me get through this. What's going to be a more difficult, tougher time. One thing to say to your younger self, Five, seven years ago, that would help you be where you're going to be. Taylor, let's start with you.
3: For me, I think that it, it just kind of flows from everything else I've said. It is all about the relationships, period. It doesn't matter about anything else as much as it matters about the relationships because what you provide to people, the value that you give them, the real, authentic relationship that you form with them, that will supersede everything else if you can create a solid relationship with them before during and sustain it after whatever transaction you have with them they will always 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 lean on you for anything that they need especially real estate related I have clients that call me about the craziest stuff that has nothing to do with house buying but because they feel like they can trust me that goes into other areas of their life. So I think that for any agent that wants to create a sustaining business that goes through shift after shift after shift, it really has to be about creating a sustaining relationship with every person that you can. I mean, you don't get them all, but as many as you can get, you should get.
1: Real estate is the greatest relationship-based business in the world, and remember this, everybody, People do business with people they like, plain and simple. Sorry. great job, Taylor. well said. Brother Colton, give me a give me one nugget. You want someone young who's going to look back in five to seven years and say, "Man, that was key. Thank you, brother.
2: Uh, for me, just make genuine deposits in other people's lives, and I promise you you will always see the return. Um if you can't do it for a di- uh, forever, don't do it for a day. Don't confuse tenacity with consistency. Um, too many people when we implement new habits, we think that we got to do it. Like I see people in diets and exercise and in business, like I'm going to do 7000 open houses in 30 days and then they may hit their goal. They fall short of it and they completely fall off. I will take a lackluster, consistent effort over an inconsistent to NASA. Like there's just no it doesn't it's not sustainable. So choose something that you can do. Choose something that you can truly commit to without pissing off the wife or the kids or the family or anybody else. Do try to keep that balance. Um, and that's it.
1: Fantastic. I wrote that down. Don't confuse tenacity with consistency. And I know Matty is a coach. I saw his head nod because it's isn't is the same guy. He fasts for a week, loses 10 pounds. All right, this is it. And then three weeks later, he's 10 pounds more than he was before he started the 10-pound thing. It's just how it works. Well said. Matty, give me one nugget for these younger folks to pay attention to.
0: Yeah. So um, here's my biggest piece of advice right now is the biggest opportunity you have ever seen in the real estate business, because there are so many people right now that are panicked. And what happens when you panic? You freeze. You inactivity. Inactivity. Nothing happens when you're panicked. Right. Whether you're in a car wreck or whatever, you just freeze. Right. Whenever you're panicked, you freeze. A lot of people are misinterpreting this market, this shift, this normalization into a reason to panic. And it's not 2008 all over again. This is an opportunity. It's even more of an opportunity, any shift's an opportunity. But for the right people, it's an opportunity right now because most people are panicked when they shouldn't be panicked because it's still a seller's market, like Steve said. So my biggest piece of advice is realize this is an opportunity. Everything in life starts with your mindset. Get your mindset right, anything is possible. And don't use, remove the word try from your vocabulary. Whatever you do, go all in. Don't just try it. There's so many real estate agents that, to, to Colton's point, is they tried something for a week. They made 300 calls a day for a week. Well, I didn't get the result. Well, what'd you do for the last 90 days? It's not about the short-term burst. It's about what you do consistently over a period of time. So go, whatever you do, go all in. Don't try it. Do it.
1: As a, uh, as a boy of the 80s, one of my great mentors, Yoda, said, there is no try only do. So well said. Uh, I just want to say how much fun I had doing this. And to all of my killers out there, my Cody Gibsons, Brett Tanners, beer whistles, heads up, because the young guns are coming. And just be ready, because this group here, I can't wait to see where they are in five to seven years. And uh, I, I feel like real estate's in sixth grade hands. Thank you all so much for your time, your nuggets, your effort, and congratulations. And here I hope that the rest of this year I made the most that you guys wish for be the least that you get, you deserve it all. Thank you guys very much.